your each day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Today's show is brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. You're listening to the Better Each Day podcast radio show, just like the guy said. And hello, congratulations on the near completion of a pandemic and the beginning of a new perspective. And for some, on music and life. Today's guest is a Seattle singer-songwriter, performer, and filmmaker, John Blackstone. His must-listen-to new album, Survive, is available on all digital service providers and his website, johnblackstone.com. Hi, Bruce. This is John Blackstone. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Real good. Yeah, you know Rusty Smith, I see. I work out with him at the YMCA. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's So that's the connection. I, I wasn't sure because Rusty mentioned something. He wrote on Facebook and he wrote, I'm looking forward to hearing your interview with Bruce. And that was the first time I even understood how this whole thing happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mentioned that we had a common connection, but I didn't say who it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw him at the gym this morning and he said, you didn't tell me it was, it was uh, me. And I said, no, I didn't. I, I wanted to give him a teaser so he wouldn't just blow me off and not call me back. <laughs> I was kidding around, but yes. and that's Rusty. I always kid with, you know, Rusty, man, that guy. Oh uh, man. He's such a great guy. I know. When he does say something serious, I never know whether to believe him or not. So uh, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He's been like that. I don't know if he told you, but literally, I we I grew up from the time I was five years old, and he was the older kid up the street. And, and his younger brother, Bob, was my age, and we were best friends. So I spent so much time around the Smith family, Rusty and his brothers. And Rusty has, was always the Joker, you know, just always such a funny guy, but as such a sweet, you know, such a sweet guy. Yeah, well, he hasn't changed a bit. And about oh, a couple of weeks ago, I was going to get the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccination. Right. He said, no, I heard they just took it off the market. The morning I was supposed to go in and have it. And I was like, yeah, right, Rusty. And he's, he's grabbing for his phone to show me and stuff. And I was just on my way out the door and I left. And I didn't answer my phone. I didn't do anything. I got home, took a shower, and I went to Walgreens and rolled up my sleeve. And they said... No, we really took it off the market. So he was, was being like, curious, yeah. I was like, yeah, oh man, Rusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I never know when to listen to him and when not to. So he yeah. told me, you just, you released an album. And I was like, oh, I, I like the name John Blackstone. It's got to be good. So I, I ran with it. So I'm glad I did <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I do like the, that name, my last name. It's a great last name for a musician. And, and I was thankful that my parents, if they were going to name me John, at least they made it J-O-N instead of J-O-H-N. So it's a, at least slightly unique. You've been working on this album, Survive, for what, like four years? Yes, I actually started in, well, it's, it, it'll, be, it'll be four years in June. So, yeah. Yeah, I started recording in 2017, and um, it actually, to, to give you kind of a, I had been making recording albums. I started recording my first album in 1998 um, when I was in, living in Nashville at the time, and that's where I recorded my first album. I actually worked with Nigel Olson and Dee Murray from Elton John's band while yeah. I was there. 
on my on my first album and then decided to move back to Seattle and then I recorded my second album in 2002 and then um in 2007 I was struck with a very very severe and debilitating depression um and it it wasn't just kind of like feeling blue kind of depression it was like hospitalization kind of depression and uh yeah it was it was very severe and it lasted for seven years and yeah it basically kind of destroyed my life in a lot of ways and so during that whole time period i i couldn't even imagine touching a guitar or doing anything to do with music and when i came out of that depression i found just a flood of music come out and um so I started writing just, I, I've probably since 2014, I think I've written about a hundred new songs. And this album is a selection of 15 of those songs. I did put out one prior project, which I did not release because um, it had kind of a dark subject matter to it. And it's a, it's actually kind of like a theme, uh, like a, like a concept album, almost like a rock opera kind of thing. So that was part, that was a 22 song project. And then I selected 15 songs for this album. So this is really my first release since 2002. Um, and, um, but it's my, and it's my third, my third official solo album. You, you didn't play music for that long and music's clearly the love of your life. That must've been rough. It, yeah, it really, I don't know how much you know about, about clinical depression, but it was, uh, it was a very serious, really serious, really bad. Uh, it was the, it was to give you kind of a mental picture. It, I spent a good deal of that seven years sort of curled in a fetal position in bed. I, I really spent about seven years in bed. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was awful and brutal and, um, they they tried treating me with everything you can imagine, including I, the, the after they tried every possible treatment, they they eventually started giving me shock therapy, which was totally awful. And um, but the amazing thing is that so none of the treatments worked. And I'm I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm a person of faith. But by seven years of depression, after seven years of depression, I had kind of felt like God abandoned me. Actually, I thought I I had had lost my hope and my faith. And well, <laughs> I, I don't expect you to understand this. I know this is kind of out of the blue to say this, but but basically, after seven years of depression, I was totally healed of it. it I was literally delivered of it in in like the blinking of an eye. And since that since that happened i i haven't had any return of symptoms whatsoever and that's been like almost six years now and i i don't have i haven't i literally have not had any depression or it's almost like the whole thing never happened it's so strange it's just it's it's an unusual phenomenon what what happened to me but um there's uh, there's been a lot of amazing things i've learned as a result of going through it and a lot of growth, emotional and spiritual growth that happened as a result of it. And, um, 
that's reflected in this new album. That's kind of, that's why the album is titled survive. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of telling my story.
love happy endings, though. I'm, I'm glad that worked out for you. So you think it was like a religious epiphany then? or? Well, are you familiar at all with the story of Job in the Bible? Job is kind of a famous story. Um, it's the story of this man who kind of a man after God's own heart, a guy that had this relationship with God and, and he was, and Job was very blessed. He, he had a huge family and he had lots of property and, and he was just, he was just set in life. And the devil came to God and said, you know, the only reason why Job loves you is because you've blessed him so much. You've given him all these things. You've given him this family and this wealth and, and this and that. And God said, okay, well, we'll see about that. And, and God gave Satan the permission to destroy Job, basically. And so Satan goes and wipes out Job's family, takes away all of his wealth, takes away everything. And then strikes Job with basically destroys his health as well. And uh, so the book of Job, which is really just even if you're not a, a religious person, it's an incredible story. It, it basically shows Job's process of saying, you know, God, why are you doing this to me? Why did you allow this to happen to me? And and then it God answers that. And what ends up in the end is that. God restores Job. So all through that, all through that disaster and trial and tribulation that Job goes through, God or Job never turns his back on God. He keeps asking God. He keeps going to God for answers. And, and in the end, it's a happy ending. God restores Job's health. He restores, gives him this whole new family. He restores everything that he had before tenfold. So <laughs> the reason I tell you all that is because that's that's kind of sort of what I went through and and because of how random the depression came into my life and how quickly it left it really feels like it was something that God did in my life to show me himself to show me that no matter what we go through there, there's you, you never you can never lose hope you know you can never lose faith because like I said I've been basically totally restored and it's almost like none of it ever happened so in answer to your question that's kind of the that's kind of what I've you know that's kind of what I've assumed about the whole thing was that that there was a spiritual purpose in it well, and um, what a great story and I'm, I'm so Happy it turned out so good for you, and thanks for sharing that. I think there there are a lot of listeners out there that you know are destitute sometimes, at least. But you sound like you had a really rough go of it. Yeah, I you know I I have to tell you it really was. I it really was an absolutely awful and brutal, torturous experience. I and I and I know that. So I guess that's just to say that I if. I know, I mean, I have a real heart for people that are, are suffering and struggling and have lost hope. And because, man, I know it. I know what that's like. Every time I hear about someone that has committed suicide, it just, yeah. it just breaks my heart because I know what that place is. I know what that, I know what it's like to be there where you don't want to live anymore. You just, you just, you just can't take it, can't do it. 
Oh, I'm glad you made it through. I've had a few suicides, close and some not close friends. But, you know, you, you spend a lot of time trying to sort it out and what happened, you know. And uh, somebody came to me one time and said, yeah, depression's a horrible thing. And I, I, having not been through it, I kind of don't get it. But, yeah, that's, that's enough explanation for me, you know. That's, that's just terrifying to me. Well, yeah, you know, I I am I have come become kind of an advocate for people who uh, for depression because I really can say from firsthand experience that unless you've experienced depression, there's really no way to to really grasp what it is. It's it's a really the best way I can say it and and to not go real deep into it is that it really is it's it's an illness. It's literally the equivalent of if there was something wrong with your heart or something wrong with your liver. But in this case, there's something wrong in your brain. There's something in the way that your body is processing the, the chemicals that is not working correctly. And, and it's not like, it's not a crazy thing. It's an emotional thing. It's like the chemicals that give you a sense of well-being are, are missing. They disappear. And so, boy, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrifying and it's horrible, but boy, it's, it's real. Let me tell you, it's real. (laughs) It's as real as any, as any kind of, um, heart disease or anything or cancer or anything like that. It's a real thing. And, and I don't expect people to understand it. I didn't understand it. I actually, to be honest with you, I used to kind of Whenever people would talk about being depressed, I'd go, oh, you know, come on, it's just pull yourself up kind of thing, you know. Well, if we can walk away with anything, there's hope, you know. I always believe in Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. There is always hope. And as a matter of fact, one of the songs on my album is, is actually called Survive, and that's exactly what the song is about. It's just like trying to give people the the reason to hold on to fight try to fight through one more day yeah so cool you have a song called dear friend it has a video too yeah that's a really heartfelt song can you talk about that yeah i i i'll tell you exactly what happened with that song that that is a really special song to me um i was working I, i i work in being a musician, <laughs> I always have to have a day job. So I, I'm currently oh, yeah. working in, yeah, I'm working in a grocery store. And this was right when COVID first hit. And and my whole department had shut down because we serve food. And uh, so they put me in the front of the store. And I had to, I had to stand at the front of the store and uh, maintain the lines of people. So I was in that that position where I had to say, you know, excuse me, you'll have to wait a minute until two people leave the store and then you can go in. And as you can imagine, especially right at the beginning of COVID, people were really testy and really. Yeah. And it was just a miserable, it was a miserable (laughs) position to be in. And and so I was sitting up there going, oh, you know, God, this is so awful. I hate being in this position. But so I was feeling pretty low. And I, and I thought, you know, I need, this is one of those times in my life where I need to count my blessings. So I pulled out a pad of paper as I'm standing there as I'm, you know, monitoring this line. 
uh, people. And I started writing down the blessings in my life. And one of the blessings that came up where I started thinking about all the friends that stood by me during that depression, because I lost several friends during that depression, people that just could not understand either they couldn't understand or perhaps it was just too painful for them to see, you know, they just, they couldn't yeah, bear it. And maybe they weren't stable enough to deal with it either. So just that's right. Yeah, that's get right. Out of there. yeah, that, yeah, I agree. And I totally understand that. And, but I was thinking about the friends that did stand by me. And then that, that phrase came to me, dear friend. And along with that phrase, that melody that you hear as I sing the first line in the song, that melody was just right there. And it just, it just jumped right into my head. And I thought, wow, that's, I really like that. And then I went home after work and grabbed my guitar. And it was, it, it really is one of the handful of songs I've written where it just came out all at once, all of it. So it's a really special song to me. It's, it kind of feels in a way, it feels almost like it was gifted to me. Um, if, if you know what I'm saying, it was. It just felt so natural the way it came out. It was almost like like it was a gift to me. And so, as I pass it on to other people, like that's kind of what I say. It's like this. This was gifted to me, and so I'm kind of gifting it to peep other people when they hear it. And yeah, ultimately, it was a song about those friends of mine that had stood by me. And then it kind of turned into, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, these friends stood by me, but those those friends in themselves were a gift from God in my life because they helped me keep going in the dark, darkest days. And so it's kind of a song about Jesus as well. But that's so cool. You give me strength to care 
say the thing about writing a song that just comes out of nowhere and you get it down and either you record it or you just there's one point where you go where did that come from my god you know it's that's pretty yeah. good it's like it's an accident you know but it had to come out of somewhere absolutely yeah, totally you, you go you want to go where is that little bag i grabbed that out of because there must be more in there and there is it's in your brain somewhere it's got to be and whatever you're connected to or i don't know there's no explanation yes. I think. what a wonderful thing that is though i think when that happens it is. When did you start doing music? I bought my first guitar when I was 10, so I guess that's a good milestone. So that was in the late 60s. So Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm 65, and I've been playing ever since, but uh, I've been writing since I was a little kid. Played the garage bands in Aberdeen and stuff, and we had a pretty good band that played for three or four years, and we were the opener for Heart right after Dreamboat Annie came out, and we I played. Oh, the, cool. Played a couple gigs, opening for the Ramones. What was the name of your What was the name of your band? It was called Amber Rain. It sounds like a beer. You know what? For some reason, I think I may have seen a poster that had that name on it. Um, Could be uh, right like a, like like a heart, like a concert poster or something. Yeah, yeah, we were on a. It was a silver mylar one, and it had the pictures of Anna and Nancy, kind of the the picture off the album cover during Mo Nanny that where they're facing different directions. Yeah, that was. You know what? I could swear I've seen that because I I'm a I I love heart stuff from that period, and I I, I I'm a music freak, so I I do a lot of <laughs> That's reading and uh, yeah yeah. Speaking yeah. of music freaks, back to Rusty Smith. I always tease him because he's a drummer, and you have to tease drummers. Everybody knows that. Of but course. anyway, we t we get to the Y to work out, and we do work out. But uh, we end up talking about music, and we're talking about stuff people don't have any idea. We're so passionate about it. They come back. What are you guys doing? You know, <laughs> what are you even talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you 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 start getting into the zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. So they have a big sign yeah, on the sign on the wall that says what you can and can't say, and you're supposed to respect each other. It doesn't say you can't talk about music the whole time you're there, so we just go for it. That's great. Yeah, Rusty is a great guy to talk to music about too. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm sure Rusty has told you about his band. They were called Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is just I had mentioned to you earlier how. Rusty was actually a really big influence. Him and his brother Donnie, who's a guitar player, lives on Maui. 
Yeah, yeah, I hear those about guys. They they were the cool long haired. I'm, <laughs> I'm 57. I'm 57, so I'm I'm younger than you guys. But yeah, they were cool, and they were they had long hair, and they were musicians, and they had a huge influence on me. Um, and when Rusty, right about the time I became a teenager. My friend, his brother, Bob, who was my age, we pulled out Rusty's old tape, which by then, by that time was an old tape of the demo that they had, the Arnold album that they had recorded for the label when the label was considering signing them. And uh, I, I, that was a huge influence on me. That's because, and I still have that tape to this day. I, of course, transferred it to CD and yeah. really great stuff. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. it's so good to make this connection. <laughs> Playing yes, connect, it is. connect the dots, yeah, it's pretty cool. And be sure to tune in for part two of John Blackstone. Once again, here's John Blackstone. radio show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better. <laughs>